Welcome back. It's No Intermission. I'm Kevin. I'm Ada. Uh, we've got two on the docket today. Um, two Enda Walsh plays, one Bally Turk, which was at St. Anne's. It was through January 28th, so unfortunately you can't catch it, but you can still catch Disco Pigs, which is still playing at Irish Rep through March 4th. And we both... Um, TLDR, we recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen to but the rest of the listening. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or listen after you see it, um, as we do de- highly recommend it. I think it's probably a favorite thing I've seen all year. Me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to jump into Bally Turk first, I guess, because we saw that first and it already closed. Mm-hmm. Um, the shows go together pretty well, so yeah. we'll start with... Uh, uh, review and response to each of the shows separately and then talk about some of the larger themes, larger themes connecting and them and why we think they're shows that go together well um, and why it's interesting that they're both showing at the same time. Do you want to give a summary for Bally Turk? Sure. I plopped one into my notes app on the way out the door or on the subway home after seeing it. So hopefully this is... This is this will suffice. Um, he said, two lonesome men in a dark basement invent through play acting and a slapstick daily routine, a full town to inhabit. A mysterious visitor arrives and interrupts their world just as one of the men is losing his ability to fully commit to it in his own imagination. Which so, is- yeah, it's a two per. It starts off being a two person play. Um, the set is like kind of a weird apartment and we followed these their bizarre daily routine there's a murphy bed attached to the wall a shower is there like a treadmill did i make that up or like some sort of exercise equipment yeah there's some kind of exercise thing um i and, forget what exactly it was though. and then every morning they get up they run around to like 90s or 80s like dance music dance music um and they also take moments where they do storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you're just plopped into their world. It's a little hard to follow in the beginning, but then you get into their routine. Yeah. So they're, they'll like pretend they're going to the store and they each play a character for each other mm-hmm. of, you know, somebody's the shopkeeper and somebody's the, the customer. And they have all these characters that they inhabit fully for like the for the course of those kind of plays within plays, I guess. Then you also, within the set, you can see that they've mapped out the world of Ballyturk, which they've created using string and images, and it's all, like, pinpointed to, pin pinpricked into the wall. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, so you're, like, we're kind of with them for a little while, and then uh, there's, like, they're stuck in this routine of like telling these stories about these people, um, doing their exercises, running around to dance music. Um, and it's like, just, it keeps repeating until, um, the back part of the set disappears and you can see that there's an actual outside world. For me, I was getting a little, like, I don't know if it was just because of the, like the time we saw it, but it took me a little while to like actually get into the play and i think i only started to really like it is when the third character appeared mm. uh i see that i actually enjoyed the the initial monologue though a lot mm-hmm. uh where he's it's um like the stage was completely dark and there's just a spotlight on uh one of the characters in the middle and he's uh like giving this grandiose speech about something that's completely mundane like of, of something regarding his daily life, but it's, it's narrated with this grandiosity completely, um, you know, 
not fitting for what he's discussing, which yeah. I loved. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think we kind of got, we pulled a bad lot since we sat behind some really annoying people. Yeah. I, like wouldn't stop freaking fidgeting and touching each other and shit the whole time, which is always aggravating. Um, it's someone's I, phone went off a few times yeah. and then it was just like, I couldn't get into it. And I that's think- a function of St. Anne's warehouse, I think. Cause it's kind of, it's, it's so picturesque since it's right below the, uh, the Manhattan bridge. And so it's like the Instagrammable place to go see theater. Yeah. Um, but that's just me being a curmudgeon, I guess. <laughs> All these goddamn social media millennials no, coming. I couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't like focus on it. And yeah, but then, so like the characters are known as one and two and like it takes, a, I couldn't like, I was like, okay, are they related? And then I slowly started to just get into their world and mm-hmm. their routine and started to enjoy it. Um, and then the set falls back like the the wall where they've actually put in all of the characters that they play that falls away and an older woman comes on to the stage and it's like she it seems like she's someone who controls them and mm-hmm. she's the like she's a godlike figure uh, yeah a godlike figure who comes down and they're trying to make their space hospitable to her and she gives them a choice Mm-hmm. Like one of you has to leave yeah. the the world and follow her. Yeah, either. and it's pretty clear that um, one of the men has already started to like lose his faith in the uh, in the entire project, and that's it's implied that that's what brings her there in the first place. Yeah, where he has like a crisis in the middle of while they're acting out their uh, like daily routine of you know going to the store in character as someone else, he's not able to follow through with it. Um, and these two men are completely alone and they're, they're like the play that they're creating and the characters that they're creating are like a small town and small town dramas. Yeah. Yeah. Like extremely small prejudices and stuff. Yeah. And like, they've never even left the, it, like the audience is able to infer that they've never even left that room or even seen the situations Mm -hmm. that they've created and are acting out. Yeah. Um, so it's not. It's certainly not a naturalist show. I mean, no. it's it's like uh, it's 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 very abstract. Yeah. Um, and I think it it I think it takes a while to if you like that tone, it's it's easy to get into it. But then I do think that uh, the performances were were great. It was there's a lot of humor in it. Um, it's. It's smart. I like, and the abstractions are clear both in the acting and in the stage and the design. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, it's like a super meta theatrical thing where yeah. it's uh, their ability to rec- to create this world is contingent on like full commitment on both of the on both of their parts and full commitment of the imagination to the to this you know world that they're building, which echoes the uh, the act of creating theater itself. And watching it and participating it, yeah. participating in it and doing it. Yeah. yeah. And focusing on it instead of fidgeting like a goddamn millennial. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Um, I, I feel like it, I, I don't know how well it was received because there was, there were some empty seats when we went, but it was a weeknight and it was, mm-hmm. it was bitterly cold that was, day yeah, too. It was very cold. Um, so I, I don't know how well it did for the rest of the rest of the run, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Both of the the, uh, the two main performers were so fully invested in it, and it was it's always um, the dance sequences, the yeah. the actual 
physicality of it was is, was really really challenging, and it you know. Yeah, I, I, it's almost um, it was almost a blurring of the line between theatrical performance and like uh, and clown like clowning yeah. uh, because this the the physicality of it was so um, it was so uh, what's the word I'm looking for it was so contingent on their physical uh, abilities that it it kind of transcended just um, you know a regular theatrical performance. But that's kind of why I loved when the third character, the woman godlike figure, Olwen, and the actresses, Olwen Fuere, um, she was just such a shift in tone. Mm-hmm. Like after this, these, this clowning around and she comes in and she's like grace and elegance. And yeah. it's calm. She, it was so, it was so powerful. The moment that she stepped onto the stage and how she was able to, like break the world that they had created. Yeah. And the staging was really interesting with that too, because the wall comes down and then she's in the very back, like bathed in light. Mm -hmm. Um, And they did a really good job of taking what was a confined space and opening it up because you were really, um, you were really conscious of how deep the stage was at that point. And it, it felt like a gigantic vista um, mm-hmm. where the, just like the grandeur of it was made Sam really apparent. Sam always has surprising staging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do a really great job there. Um, the space. Yeah. Well, they, cause I think, cause we saw people, places and things there previously. And that was in the round more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one of the sections where there was audience for people, places, and things was used for that gigantic backdrop yeah. for that for that scene. So it was a smaller house, um, seating wise, but uh, they used the space as um, for the landscape, mm-hmm. which I liked. Um, do you want to go into disco pics? Uh, sure, I guess. Yeah, and then we can. Um, so disco pigs was similar it's you know irish rep is a much smaller space than saint anne's but they still had that like confined claustrophobic feeling that saint anne's was trying to give off even though it was much larger um and disco pigs is about two teens who are celebrating their 17th birthday in cork ireland Mm -hmm. and i mean (laughs) that's like the simplest way to describe it i know Uh, but it's it kind of has um, like mystical undertones because they're they were both born on the same day in the same hospital at the cribs uh, the cribs directly adjacent to each other. What it's, do they call them? Like something twins? Like uh, like when, I don't know. I don't, I don't cradle know cr- cradle twins or something? Not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But um, so the the first scene is them. Uh, like sticking their heads out through the curtain in the back. So it looks like, you know, they're being born Mm -hmm. and first it's just their heads talking to each other. Uh, and then they, there's like a slow motion sequence where they both dive out of the, uh, the the structure, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and roll around on the ground for in slow motion with like, uh, uh, with a background music that was like perfect for the scene. And it, it sets kind of a, he does a, he does a good job, like finding, the music. I think I think it's written into the script, right? Like it's very I'm not certain. I haven't read the script. Yeah, I'm not um, sure either, but But yeah, Disco Pigs, this was a twentieth anniversary um, performance because it, it premiered at Edinburgh twenty years ago in ninety seven. Mm-hmm. 
And it's a, it, it, you can tell that it is a festival play because the stage is completely almost sparse. Um, it's a There's sm- just a television, I think, was yeah. the only set piece. And a lot of different light changes. It's mostly based on the actors. It's a small cast. And you can, f- like, sometimes you feel that intimacy that comes from doing, like, such a sparse show. And it's really only... it Everything depends on the actors. Like, creating the entire yeah. world really depends on the actors. And they did... Because um, they had s- scene changes. Like, it's not all set in the same place. Yeah, they and moved. I think they did a really, club. really good job of that. Um, they, they move have from club to club. They show their houses. They show the past of them growing up. They have the beach. Yeah, the hospital. They had a. They had their bedroom. They had the Provo pub. Um, they had the, uh, a couple of clubs for the disco, and then the Chinese takeaway. Uh, so a Chinese restaurant. Um, and yeah, and I, I really like the beach sequence too. Me too. Um, and part of that, I think, is like a function of how good Irish rap always is at using s- sound and light in the best yeah. way possible because they were able to keep it invigorating and fresh and um, the, the different spaces were recognizable. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, again, both shows like I was just while I was watching. I was like, these people must be so exhausted. Yeah, the two act the two actors do not stop talking the entire show. Mm-hmm. They don't even like. There's so much dialogue. Yeah, because everything has to be narrated. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know what it is, but it, it was it, it's since it's it was such a cutting edge show. You'd think that it might have sometimes things like that date. I feel like mm-hmm. you know after twenty years. But it doesn't feel dated at all. It was so, I don't know. It still felt super fresh. It didn't feel dated at all. Um, And that despite the fact that there's like, you know, 90s music playing for a lot of it, it, which situates it in a time and place, but it still has like a timeless feeling to it. I think it's because it's like, it's generally about growing up and the Mm -hmm. themes that it's around. It's it's still relevant, you know? That was actually... um, I did read an interview with him, with Enda Walsh in The Guardian. This was from like 10 years ago or something. Uh, But they asked him, if someone saw one of your plays in 1,000 years time, what would it tell them about the year 2007? And he said that it was no different from 3007. My plays don't exist. My plays don't exist in a specific time. They're about the small mystery of getting up in the morning and living a life. I think that makes that makes so much sense with these two sh- with these two shows because there's very little plot in both Valley Turk and Disco Pigs. Mm-hmm. It's more of like either mood emotions shifts. between two people, mood shifts. It's or it's even about just like general questions about like living, but outside of daily life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I don't know. It, it's. I'm having a hard time talking about it, really. Disco um, pigs yeah, or and like Turk? explaining what I enjoyed about it and what I got out of it because I, I, th- I think both of us had a really personal reaction to it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it, it has the combination of uh, of like it, there's a fatalistic element to it where there's the knowledge that you know this super close friendship is doomed. Uh, to die along with childhood the two teens it's a male and a female uh pig and runt and Mm -hmm. they've like grown up together they're they're in their they spent all their time together they have their own language like they talk basically in inside jokes um lots of slang from cork i guess and it's like they're in this world it's the two of them 
not even against the world, but they've created their own world outside. It is them against the world, though, because their their reactions with other people tend to be either like manipulative or violent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they do say pig and runt against the world at a couple points. Okay. Um, So they're in like they're in this bubble. And of course, it's it's going to it's going to change like they're going to change. And the, uh, and it's again, an echo, uh, well, I guess Bally Turk echoed it because Bally Turk is a new, like is a new show. Um, but you know, the, where the, their world starts to collapse when one of their, uh, when one character's imagination starts to give out and he finds it difficult to commit fully to it. And then at the same time with disco pigs, uh, Runt begins to conceive of a world outside of their little bubble. And so mm-hmm. whenever she stops, fully believing in it, it sets the, uh, sets the events in motion that you can tell that the friendship will be torn apart somehow yeah. and probably die along with their childhood. Yeah. Um, which I, I don't know this, the, the, like that sense of remembering something, even while you're living it, I think came out really strongly. And that's, I don't know, that's something I kind of remember from the teenage years, I guess. Like there were moments like that where you're experiencing things and you can, you're conscious of the fact that you're creating a memory. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the show, uh, is propelled by a similar logic. And because they're narrating, they're not, they're narrating the scenes, not sometimes not showing it physically. Like, like, you know, when she loses her virginity, like, Mm -hmm. or when they have sex, right? Is that, they don't have sex. sex. He imagines it. He imagines it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like he's saying it out loud, like creating, he creating that memory, even yeah. though it's not happening, yeah. but because they're like kind of fucked up all the time and like, <laughs> and also like they, they play all these games with each other, right? Yeah. Like they have, they, they have rules. I think even within Bally Turk and Disco Pigs, like there's strict rules in these imaginary worlds that right. they've like created, mm-hmm. you know? So, and when the characters start to break the rules, it's it gets confusing for the other person. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like they rely on that edifice of shared assumptions. Yeah. And it's kind of ultimately the, the impossibility of fully sharing that level of imagination with, with another person that mm-hmm. it, it gives out, which is like a meta theatrical undertone too, because yep. it's uh, what is live theater, but a shared delusion for a, an hour or two. I feel like, Hopefully and, two hours max. <laughs> no more three hour shows. <laughs> no more three please. hour shows. Yeah. Um, I feel like Enda Walsh has like specific themes that he's, you know, working through here. Like in both of these shows, mm-hmm. like they're, they are constructed very similarly. Um, I mean, I think the obvious one is like, you can see the influence of Beckett in. Yeah, in, in for the sure. Shows. Yeah. Um, and that's like a, an echo of, you know, Beckett in some ways is, uh, was writing about like rural isolation mm-hmm. and like Walsh kind of echoes that with a focus on provincial, uh, like provincial Ireland and, the uh, just using imagination to, I don't know, build a, build some kind of sense of community in a, in a super isolated environment. Yeah. Um, I think it, I thought the language was really interesting in, in both plays. Like Mm -hmm. you can, you can hear like the Irish slang in, in it, their accents. And also like, especially in disco pigs, they speak in completely in their own, in their own language. 
Um, yeah, I mean, they certainly have their own slang. Yeah, it's... Uh, an I Argo, think, basically. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, a really good tool to mm-hmm. use to show how confined they are to these spaces because as an audience member, you're, like, a little bit outside of it. Yeah, it, it, that's, like, a technique that works in, it, with setting up, like, an alternative... Uh, like an alternative world where I, like I would compare it to like clockwork orange, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, where they have their own slang that's still recognizably English, but there's enough of a, uh, there's enough like unique words that it, it, it lets you experience it as, um, it separates it from time and place mm-hmm. even while it, which is odd because he had that quote about like his plays not existing in a time and place, but there, there, there's something very nineties about, Disco pigs and and how the music is chosen, their costumes and the costumes, the, like the rave kind of culture, hip hop scene culture too. Yeah, his, his outfit and hers. And it, but it still it did have some kind of like sense of being distant from that time and place. I guess it was because it was their own world. Yeah, you know, and it's the two of them uh, creating these things, and that that is a two person show. It's just the two of them. Um, and both of them, I mean, they should build a freaking statue to them. They were so good. They were so good. Um, Colin Campbell and Ivana Lynch were the two were the two actors. So, um, tip of the cap to them. Um, I felt I feel like one one thing that he does really well too is he's able to build pressure. Yes, there's really high stakes. Mm-hmm. Is is something that I always look for in in a script. Like, can you feel the stakes or yeah. not? Um, and that's where a lot of shows die. And he's and he's excellent at it. I thought that was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, especially for Disco Pigs, I think the reason that it feels timeless is that anyone who's, like, feels like, out, you know, I don't fit into my town or my town is really boring, and then you kind of, like, have your own specific spaces that you go as like I can't relate to that because I was always really popular I was too (laughs) but you know what I mean like you're just like kind of these like special spaces I think he does really do a good job of like capturing that yeah um there's a really distinct undercurrent of violence all through disco pics too like it's a it's a violent show games are violent their games are violent they treat the world like as something disposable kind of um like there's a really brutal assault sequence where he beats up a guy at a uh, at a liquor store. Um, were they? It, they there's like multiple acts of violence in the show. Yeah, uh, both from her and from him. Mm-hmm. Well, she gets her ass beat at the uh, at the Sinn Fein bar. Remember while he's uh, he goes up to sing um, yes. karaoke. Yes, oh that scene was so. And yeah, while she oh. while he's up there singing, she's getting her ass beat. Um, and then he comes out and finds her and then they end up at the, they, through some kind of weird dream logic, they wind up at the palace disco. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's like a, it's pretty, it's a pretty violent energy, yeah. <laughs> but even, but even Valley Turk kind of had that too, but I, I don't think it, it was a different kind. I think it was maybe because of like the way that they were moving on stage. Like everything was so harsh and fast. It wasn't. It wasn't violent in the same way, but you know what it is actually? I feel like in Ballyturk, like the world outside 
from their little space came off as violent. That's why they were in this space, like creating a world, you mm -hmm. know, like to protect themselves from it. And then in Disco Pigs, like they were there together because it's easier and they're protected and safe, but they're also like volatile and violent. But then yeah. the world outside of them is violent too. Yeah. So it's like... Well, yeah, yeah, she gets beat up at a at a Provo pub, yeah. which is literally a, an IRA bar. Um, that's why he said, like, whenever they go in, he said, he said the uh, the whole Sinn Fein army came in. Shouldn't you be planting bombs or beating up old ladies, you fucking weirdos? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, that's literally what he does: is go around <laughs> beating people <laughs> up. <laughs> um, one thing I, I noticed, because I actually saw the show twice, um, and the second time I went, I sat closer to the stage than mm -hmm. when we went. Um, and when he's narrating, uh, or actually, I think she's the one narrating it, um, the sequence where he went into the liquor store and beat up the kid named Foxy. Mm -hmm. um, He's like doing the motions of, you know, beating this guy up and it's you know, in a really cartoonish stylized way. Um, but while she's narrating it, he's mouthing it, which I didn't notice on the first watch. And they do that at a few other points, too, where like things will be happening and then one one speaking and the other is mouthing. And we talked about this. I think this is a show that you kind of you need to see twice to catch everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would see it a third time, to be honest, because like. I, I, I feel like we're not doing a good job of translating how good it was. <laughs> it really is an amazing it's, show. It was amazing. Um, and I, I think both of us came away kind of shocked at how, at how much we enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I, but, think, I think both shows were challenging theatrically to probably to perform, but also to watch. I definitely, I, that's they require 100% really, attention. Yeah. That's why I found them both incredibly, you know, interesting. And like, I think it's a good learning experience too, to watch like just the things that they did direction wise, mm -hmm. um, acting wise too. Like it, it was a very challenging show, both of them to yeah. watch, but good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I would say for people that don't go to many shows, it would, it would probably, they might be, they might be turned off by it. Mm -hmm. Um, just because it, it's not, it's like, we just saw miles for Mary, too, yeah. which was at um, playwrights horizons by the mad ones. And it's, it's awesome. It's really funny. Um, great characters, great characters, great, great script. Um, and it is a challenging work too, because it's it's it requires one hundred percent discipline from all the actors in order to hit all those cues and to just have and also two like hours the of conversation. Timing. Yeah. The timing is perfect, um, but it's also very accessible. Like yeah. I think anybody could go and enjoy that show. Um, where Disco Pigs, I I can see how somebody would dislike it. Yeah. Even while I think it's the best thing I saw all year. I agree. If with that you. makes sense. Yeah, I agree um, with you completely. It's because if you stop paying attention for a little bit, it's. You're, you're fucked. It's yeah. just, um, it's just a, a really, really intense experience for the entirety I of think it. That's, I think that's the perfect way to put it. It's, it's very intense. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, um, while watching it, I was also like watching both of them actually Bally Turk and Disco Pigs. Like, I'm not sure if we actually talked about happy days on the show, which we saw at yeah, I think for a new audience. Yeah, we mentioned it on an old episode, but we never did an episode on but it. But very, like, similar, these similar ideas of being 
like confined Mm -hmm. to a a specific space, very dialogue heavy, two person shows, and then just like a general, you know, like allegory for the human condition of just like you keep trying or you keep trying to find like a situation to make things better or like, you know, you, you find like she has all this stuff and, you know, like she's completely buried up in the ground like she's actually just stuck and she has a bag full of stuff um it's and it's the same thing like she's creating a world to make her actual situation seem more yeah to outstrip the constraints that she has yeah um that's what both valley turk and disco pigs have that same idea as happy days they did it in a more emotionally raw way though like i i didn't have I, i i didn't have a particularly I didn't have a personal reaction to Happy Days, really. Neither did I. It was kind of... Um, it was interesting. It, it was like, interesting, and, and you could respect, um, you know, the you could respect the the, the skill that Diane West had in that, in that performance, but it was also just kind of like, it felt clinical to me. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas these ones felt immediate. Emo- and, and also emotionally raw. Yeah. And I think that might have been because of, like, the the dancing and the movement of it. And then mm-hmm. also everything just like it, f- I don't know. It, you could really feel their emotional energy in the performances. And I'm, yeah, well, I'm, happy days is more of an aloof character. Yeah. You know, she's just a little bit more detached. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, yeah, like the, I mean, both of these shows are the opposite of detached. Mm-hmm. It's like 100% full commitment from the characters and the actors. I think the same conclusion almost though. Yeah. yeah I think it's yeah. a good point. Um, and it, it is an apt comparison and I, I, uh, I kind of wish I had reread happy days before we did the show. Um, <laughs> just because it's been so, it's been it's so been long. A while that was what May 2016, I think, or something sure. that we saw that. I'm I don't know, sure. but that was good. It was at a uh, theater for a new audience. Other than that, I don't have much else to say other than go see go Disco. Go see it. Yeah. They were awesome, intense, and challenging. What's the closing date of Disco Pigs again? March 4th. March 4th. Okay. Valley uh, Turk already closed, unfortunately. Also, I mean, Disco Pigs is a movie. I haven't seen it. I don't know if I oh recommend my God. it I, I haven't seen I, it. I, I, but I can't imagine it as a movie just because of how like, it is such a play it was that, on stage. And I, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it could possibly work as a movie, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm shitting on it, it too early, but if someone has, you know, it's with Killian Murphy. I, I'm not sure who plays Runt in it. I don't but know. Killian Murphy plays Pig, which I love him. Um, but uh, but yeah, we've seen some shows since then. Um, yeah, we've seen a bunch of stuff actually. We already mentioned um, Miles for Mary, which I would also recommend. I think any, anybody should see it. It was so much fun. It, yeah, it was a great show. Um, I saw, uh, I saw X or Betty Shabazz versus the nation. That was a little didactic. It was kind of, it felt like a, uh, like an elementary school, uh, um, field trip a little mm-hmm. bit, but, um, it was good. It was interesting and informative. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, of course we saw Hangman, which is phenomenal i loved but it well, we're gonna do a longer episode on that yeah one, we're gonna do a full episode on that that we just need to do some uh we want to do some preparation and research ahead of time but that's another one that we can recommend uh unequivocally for me um and i, I hated mark mcdonough's previous work um not the, his his most recent previous work i like his early stuff mm-hmm. but um beheading at spokane is a terrible terrible play which I, I, I only it. read. I've never seen it, but it's it's like unspeakably bad. Um, but uh, 
so I, I went in, I went into hangman without, without knowing what to expect. I was prepared to either like it or hate it. And I loved it. It was great. It's, um, it's fantastic. We also That's saw Atlantic Theater. Queens at LCT three, but we saw it in super previews. Yeah, it, 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 the, the script is still being reworked, so I don't feel comfortable reviewing it yeah. at all. Um, I will say that I didn't particularly enjoy what we saw, but it's also such an easy, I'm sorry, such an early draft of it that I don't want to. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I just it, was surprised it, that they were showing it actually at that, in that state. Yeah. But, it, it it felt very incomplete. But I and, hope it comes together because yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's, it, it has some interesting themes and stuff, but it's, it's just, it felt mailed in to me. I don't know. Uh, we saw he brought her, bar- I'm sorry. He brought her heart back in a box at theater for Black a new box. audience. Or box. But I don't remember. A box, yeah. I, I can never say that title. It's so <laughs> long. I like mess it up every single time. And um, so that's the newest from, that's the first play in 10 years from Adrian Kennedy. Um, it was 45 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it was super short, uh, in and out. Um, it had moments that I really enjoyed, but I, I didn't. It also felt a little bit unfinished for me, but it was parts of it were surprising, but that was more in the staging than in the writing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, 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 the other thing with that is I feel like to give a full response, I would have to familiarize myself with her other work, mm-hmm. which is something I heard from a couple of people that were leaving the place that they were really glad that they had read her earlier works oh. before they saw that. And, uh, um, Holly said the same thing to me that, that I should read it, read her other stuff before like forming an opinion on this one. Um, because I, I just don't have anything interesting to say about it at all other than that. I'd like to, you know, read some of her other stuff. Um, but yeah, then next on the agenda, we're seeing is God is Soho rep, which I'm excited about since they've been away from their Walker street, um, home for over a year now. Right. Yeah. And this is this is the the grand return. Looking forward to it. And then we have the lucky ones. Yeah, the lucky ones a little later in March. Uh that's the latest from the Banksons at Arstova. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think it should be a should be a grand old time. Um but yeah, I guess just yeah. get tickets to Disco Pigs. Uh there is a they have a uh, a program for th- what is it? $30 tickets. If you're under, under 30, 30, um, theater for a new audience has that same thing. They have, a, if you look up the new deal program at theater for a new audience, you can find discounted tickets that way. Um, and for Irish rep, it's, they have a name for it. I forget what it is. It's like green something. Um, but it's on their website and you can email them and they'll, uh, if you're under 30, you qualify for cheap tickets. So, Little no inside, little inside <laughs> tip from your friends at No Intermission. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess pretty short ep this time, but that's about all I've got to say. Do you have Same. anything else? No, that's it. Cool. Um, we'll catch you next time. Uh, we have an episode in the works for Hangman, um, so stay tuned for that. Bye. See you guys. Bye.